You can now relive the best moments of the UEFA Champions League 24-7. The UEFA Champions League channel is a new 24-hour streaming channel serving non-stop goals, highlights, and full match replays from the world's most prestigious club competition. Reminisce on your favorite moments, legendary players, and brilliant goals with the UEFA Champions League channel, streaming around the clock on Pluto TV and the CBS Sports app. New CBS Sunday. You collect rewards, right? This is how I make my living. When something is lost, everyone's looking for something. He finds it. You strong swimmer? So-so. So-so. So-so's okay. Justin Hartley stars. How you survive, you make quick, smart decisions. If you never let panic take the wheel. Sounds cool. It is cool, actually. Very cool. Tracker. New Sunday on CBS and streaming on Paramount+. Plus. Welcome back to Morning Footy. Well, this weekend provided some Euro 2024 qualifying action. Here's a look at the results. Belgium get the 3-2 win over Austria. France continue to roll 2-1 over the Netherlands. Portugal 3-2 over Slovakia. Slovenia blank Finland 3-0. Um, we also saw Norway lose to Spain. Spain 1-0, which had some implications in Group A as well. And a bunch of teams, based on these results, did punch their ticket to Germany in 2024. Germany obviously qualify as host, but Belgium, France, Portugal, Scotland, Spain, and Turkey all qualified for Euro 2024 over the weekend. So let's chat uh, about some of these teams yeah. that will be playing. Let's start with um, Portugal. With a 3-2 win over Slovakia on Friday, Cristiano Ronaldo had a brace he in did. this match. He now has seven, seven goals <laughs> in qualifiers. And it's interesting because, um, you know, we, I, I, I think the, his future with the, the Portugal national team was not in question, but it was kind of like, what is his role going to be? How important is he going to be? But, Charlie, he is still scoring goals at an incredible rate you know has has his position within the team changed no it, it hasn't as long as he produces whether he's playing in Saudi Arabia whether he's playing in China whether he's playing in MLS it didn't matter because this is one of the world's best to ever play the game mm -hmm. so you give him chances he's finished he's gonna finish you saw at Manchester United even though he's not moving like he used to hmm. doesn't have the pace that he used to he was still scoring goals. He was putting Man United on his back that first season. So if you give him quality chances, and this Portugal side is stacked, he will finish. And it's not that Portugal have some big striker that he's, he's going to take playing time from. No one's come and said, this is my spot. The, the guy that's threatening that is Gonzalo Ramos. Yeah, and we saw hints of that at the World Cup with Fernando Santos. In a moment, he decided to bench Ronaldo, and it worked well because Gonzalo Ramos two. against Switzerland scored Back the hat trick, trick right? right. Um, but with Roberto Martinez, there's been an, a switch once again to favor Cristiano. And again, let me speak two truths. The fact that he played like he did the other day, the man of the match performance with such an incredible supporting cast, it speaks to the longevity of Cristiano Ronaldo. And to put up the numbers and, and to possibly be now the only person to play in six different Euros, it speaks volume to the incredible athlete that he is. Mm. Nonetheless, it's difficult to gauge where Portugal is at right now despite this great start because when you've got Liechtenstein, Slovakia, with all due respect, 
Um, who else is in their group? Vodka uh, is their best player. You know, I mean, let me let me. Read. They were they were undefeated. They were they hadn't conceded. Luxembourg, Bosnia, Iceland, Liechtenstein. Like they they it was. This was a cakewalk for them. It was, mm-hmm. but they only conceded easy. two goals, and it was Little, just in this, this game. So, it's so like, that that gives you some context of just how down they were. Yeah. Arguably, their only real competition in this group. And I think to Nico's point, look, when you see Cristiano Ronaldo do what he's doing in these past few matches, even considering on a week-to-week basis he's playing lowered competition, it just goes to show that he is like the personification of physical excellence, at least as as far as we have in this sport. That said is, when do you make that change? When someone steps up? I get that. But there will be, when you do get into the Euros, you will not be playing the likes of Liechtenstein, which, if we're being honest, is a small city. We're not going to be playing the likes of Iceland. You're not going to be playing the likes of of some of these competitions. You're going to be playing some serious competition. And at what moment will you maybe even have to make that change? Because maybe Ronaldo holds on and he can continue to play at this level, especially when it comes to these Euros. Maybe this is sort of the end of that. But when that moment comes, it's going to be a really tough decision because he's playing well. But there will need. I mean, that's a really good supporting cast he has around him that can do it on their own. When will that change have to come, and who will step up? Well, you don't, you don't need to think about that at the moment. He, like you said, his supporting cast is phenomenal. Mm-hmm. So do as Cristiano him, Ronaldo... Charlie? Do they need Cristiano? They, they to do. Succe- to no, succeed? Need, they, they, need is different than do you benefit from having him on there, which yeah, you, of like, course you do. Yeah. You, you need, is he, is you, he essential to their success at in the moment, yes. Okay. Because no one has stepped up to be a clinical goal scorer like a Cristiano Ronaldo. Mm-hmm. As soon as that happens, then you don't need Cristiano Ronaldo because right now his role is just to be in the box, be a predator. Nothing else. Allow everyone else to, to, to make the game. Like a Bruno Fernandes. There was, a, a, for a long period of time, those two jostling for power. Those two jostling for in, importance and influence in the match. Which is stupid I, because they need each other. Yes. Yeah. But I think now you're starting to see everyone understanding their roles, and that comes mm. from Roberto Martinez, mm-hmm. making sure everyone is good and crystal clear with his direction and his guidance. And now we're seeing the the, be- the benefit of having a top manager like Roberto and Martinez. Just to clarify on what we were talking about between Gonzalo Ramos or Cristiano Ronaldo, they both started in in the last game against Slovakia. So it's like, okay, you're guys that are going to give you the numbers are both playing. Roberto Martinez has figured out a way for both of them to play. Um, so what's our conclusion? Uh, do you, do you we think, don't know. are they a favorite in Euro 2024? With the quality that they have mm-hmm. all around, it's like oh, every single position. They oh, are thousand percent. stacked. Mm-hmm. They're so good. Yeah. Line per line, player per player, they have to be a candidate with the quality that they have. Yeah, Charlie? I, I would say this is the, the best Portuguese side that I've seen in my wow. lifetime. Really? In my lifetime. Absolutely. Yeah. Better, than, they have? better than 2004? This is the best Portuguese side I've seen in my lifetime. Fair. Wow. Fair. I, would, I would agree. I, I think they're definitely one of the top teams. I still think England has, that, has a slight edge over them talent-wise. France? Yeah, you don't France, think France? Of course. Oh, okay. Yeah. Yeah. But this is a top team. This is a great from team. From top to bottom. And they're fun to watch. It's going to be fun. 2024. All right, guys, um, we are going to take a break. Ali Trost Martin is going to be back with some more headlines when we return. Stay with us. Did you know that while over 60% of Americans dream of starting their own business, less than 20% of them take the first step? The reason? Building a business is tough. Taylor Brands is simplifying the business journey from launching and managing 
To grow in your business, Taylor Brands isn't just another tool. It's your online business partner from launch to success. With Taylor Brands, building your dream business becomes an effortless experience. Their comprehensive platform guides you through every step, ensuring you have everything you need in one place. From LLC formation to bookkeeping, invoicing to acquiring licenses and permits, and even setting up your bank account, Taylor Brands handles it all seamlessly. And our listeners will receive 35% off Taylor Brands LLC formation plans using our link, taylorbrands.com slash Sports. That's T-A-I-L-O-R-B-R-A-N-D-S dot com slash CBS Sports. So start your business journey today with Taylor Brands. Welcome back. Here's a look at your Monday footy fix. We have more Euro 2024 qualifiers on the docket. Greece taking on Netherlands at 2.45 p.m. on FS2. Belgium will host Sweden, Bosnia and Herzegovina versus Portugal. And Iceland will take on Liechtenstein at 2.45 p.m. You can watch that on VIX. And then in Argentina, I just learned something. This Defensa y Justicia is defense and justice. Yep. Wow. It means defense and what a team name. So, yeah. let's uh, go. Lisandro Martinez used to play for Defensa y Justicia. Wow. Crespo used to manage him at Defensa y Justicia. Crespo Hernan? Yeah. Oh, Hernan Crespo. But that, what a name. Defense yeah. and name. justice. Yeah. It's really strong. Do you know what else is strong? Ali Trost Martin and her delivery of the headlines. Thanks, Suze. You're That's welcome. Like kind of a lot of pressure to play for the <laughs> team with that name. You put on that jersey, it's like this is bigger than uh, than football. <laughs> uh, let's get into the headlines and we start with some managerial news as Scottish Club Rangers has appointed Philippe Clément as their new manager. The Belgian won three consecutive titles with Genk and Club Rouge between 2018 and 2021. Clément followed that success with a stint at Monaco but finished in sixth in Ligue last season. He replaces Michael Beal, who was in charge of Rangers for less than a year and has signed a three-and-a-half-year contract with the club. In other managerial hiring news, Bundesliga side Augsburg has named Danish coach Jess Thorup as its new manager after firing Enrico Massen. Thorup's last managerial role was with FC Copenhagen, which he left in September of 2022, shortly after leading them to the Danish league title. He takes over an Augsburg team that is sitting in 15th place with just one win in their first seven matches. And in NWSL news, the North Carolina Courage secured their playoff berth with yesterday's 1-0 win over the Washington Spirit. But the win may have come at a steep cost. Brazilian star Caroline left Sunday's match in the 65th minute with a non-contact knee injury. Caroline finished the season as the second leading goal scorer in the NWSL with 11 goals and three assists. The Courage have yet to provide an update on her injury, but she remains a doubt for North Carolina's playoff opener against Gotham FC on Sunday. And in other injury news, Manchester United's bad luck continues with Brazilian midfielder Casemiro picking up an ankle injury while on international duty. The 31-year-old left Brazil's 1-1 World Cup qualifying draw with Venezuela with a knock making his availability questionable for Brazil's next qualifier against Uruguay on Tuesday. Man U acknowledged the injury in a statement but did not provide a timetable on Casemiro's return. And in the latest update on the long-running Man U sales saga, Jim Ratcliffe is closing in on buying a 25% stake in the club after Qatari billionaire Sheikh Jassim backed out of the race to buy Manchester United. As part of the $1.5 billion deal, Ratcliffe and his company Ineos will reportedly take over Manchester United's football operations. According to ESPN, Ratcliffe's group will back manager Eric Ten Hag rather than make a change. Uh, Alexis, if you were Jim Ratcliffe and you were given control 
control of Man U's football operations. What oh would boy. be your first order of, uh, of business? Clearly not oh boy. Wow. the manager role. Well, uh, gear up, uh, <laughs> you know, trolls, uh, get the keyboards ready. Uh, that's a great question. I think um, they have to find a way to connect with the fan base. And uh, from what I'm seeing on social media, it doesn't seem like the fan base is very happy with this move. Um, but but what would be? But look, if you're if you if you really truly believe that the Glazers are at fault here, and Cristiano Ronaldo had come out and previously said that the Glazers don't care about the club, if that if you really truly believe that that's the case, then removing them from football from the football operations and making footballing decisions is the first step, and that's part of this deal. So if you're if you're a Manchester United fan, you have to feel this may not have been the step you wanted, but at least it's a step in the right direction that someone who supposedly, or at least on face value, tells you they care about this club hmm. is, will now be making those footballing decisions. This uh, sale, <laughs> yeah, the, the gulp before you yeah, spoke, it's just, it's, gave us all like a. It's he's about been, to stick, He's about to cook. No, no, I'm not, I'm not about to. It's <laughs> the sale. Or he was like, <laughs> I was it's like, just, oh, I know, it's a dramatic pause. He said, this he said, pray for me. <laughs> yeah, he's like gulp. The sale has been so erratic. It just tells yeah. you the state of Manchester United. Do we want to sell? Do we not want to sell? And where the Glazers' head is. So how do you expect the club and everything that trickles down from the ownership to be smooth sailing when you don't know if you want the team, if you want to sell the team, if uh, you make people get into bidding wars and they say, oh, no, you know what, we're not going to do that anymore. And then Qatar pulls out and then you say, oh, you know what, 25% for Jim Radcliffe, who has experience in sport. I get it. They, I'm pretty sure they were in charge of, they've been in charge of Nice and not only in football, but they have other sporting ventures and cycling and whatnot. Um, so racing, ra huge racing. There's racing. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> there's in, 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 so there is history behind Radcliffe and sport. But let's be honest. Can but, we just be honest for one moment? Yeah. If you're a fan of, Man hold on. If you're, if you're a fan of Manchester United and you're upset that your club is not, as of this morning, state-owned, we're in a very sad state. Football's in a very sad state where we've gotten to the point where I get that you may be upset with the way the Glazers have handled this, but the idea that owners of a, of, of a club have to treat it at this, as this never-ending funnel of a money pit of cash flow in order to sustain your happiness. And that if they can't facilitate a sale that meets the value that they hold your club at, mm -hmm. that suddenly they've now d disrespected your club. And, and having, a, I mean, this idea that a, that a club shouldn't be a business. The, the football will collapse in itself if we stop if we don't stop for one second and say, maybe it's not just these super billionaires that have to continuously funnel money into this thing to make me happy so I can have a parade at the end of the season. That, it, that is, it, that's not sustainable. And we're seeing it firsthand. People are mad at the Glaciers that they didn't sell to uh, Sheikh Jassim. Well, he had a valuation of it. They had a valuation. It didn't meet. That's how this works. Someone's coming in and said, fine, I'll buy 25% and I'll handle the football operations. If that still doesn't make you happy, then you're the problem, not them. That warranted the gulp. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Thank you. What are you cooking over there? He's cooking over yeah, there. Uh, he's right. Wow. Wow. <laughs> I mean, yo, check his mentions. <laughs>
Oh, oh, they stay cooked. Yeah. <laughs> They're washed. They're coming. Uh, They're coming yeah. to you. I'm mute. I'm muted all of y'all already. <laughs> yep. Um, all right, guys. We are going to take another break. We are uh, looking at some more results from the weekend around the world of international football. When we come back, don't go anywhere. Welcome back to Morning Footy. Here's a look at the weekend results in international football. We had some friendlies between England and Australia. England get the 1-0 win. Japan thumped Canada 4-1. Mexico 2-0 over Ghana and Ivory Coast in Morocco. And in a 1-1 draw, then in CONCACAF Nations League action, Jamaica get the 3-2 win over Haiti and Honduras. And? I'm very sorry, and? Alexis. And what, what was your, last your Cuba. What happened to Cuba? Uh, they were uh, disrespected, and this is considered an international incident. And from what I'm hearing, we'll never forget it. Wow. Ah, okay. <laughs> That's You're creating geopolitical tensions. You don't do that in Cuba. I mean, geez. Yikes. Two countries with their hands tied behind their backs, basically. Yee. Yee. Uh, all right, let's chat a little bit about uh, England, who beat Australia 1-0 in that friendly. They have a big game coming up this week against Italy in Euro qualifiers. Um, but this game saw an Ali Watkins goal assisted by one Jack Grealish. Um, this was a different lineup perhaps that Gareth Southgate put out than maybe we were anticipating, uh, but this is obviously a friendly. I'm sure that they are focused on the Italy match coming up in those qualifiers. Um, Charlie, what are your thoughts on this England side? For a player like Ollie Watkins, who's scoring goals and lining it up with Aston Villa, in the Premier League, you want to see him get his chance, and that's all you can do is finish an opportunity like that. It's not the, the, the most glamorous goal, but crashing the box, the back post, making sure you put it back in the back of the net, that's, that's what you want from an Ollie Watkins. But when I look at this English side, there's a lot of players getting an opportunity. Lewis Dunk, Fakayo Tomori playing alongside Lewis Dunk in the, in the middle of the back. It wasn't that big of a test in Australia, yeah. so there's not much to make of it. Um, I think that this this is a, an English side that obviously can compete with anyone in the world. Mm -hmm. they're, they're a top team. So it was almost like a warm-up, give some guys some fresh legs with Italy in mind. Yeah, this is a, a big one. So Italy are coming off a 4-0 win over Malta. I think they're currently sitting behind England in the, in right. the group standings right now. With a game in hand. With a game in hand as well. But, you know, it, when you think about these two teams, you go back to the last Euros and that final where Italy won on PKs. And you have to think that that's in the back of these players' minds, certainly Gareth Southgate's mind. Um, who do you think has the edge in this one, Nico? I think England. Mm -hmm. Well, playing at home. They're more convincing, and I, I don't know if the Italian players are going as far back as the Euros and the English well, they players. they have struggled since then, I, but they, they're on a decent right, run of form now. Right, kind but of you, up a it, it, it's almost momentum. like you can't hang on to, to those Euros and be like, okay, that's going to be our motivation factor. Let's beat England again, because it's almost like the pressure mm -hmm. of having to win, because Ukraine on the table is right there breathing behind on their on their necks. So it's like ugh, they have to figure out a way to, to at least not lose. If they lose, then you have to go wait a whole nother month where a situation can suddenly become dire and it's inexcusable if Italy doesn't make the Euros. And, and, and to add to that, or it's not, it's, it's not that point. you're thinking about Italy and, and saying, oh, revenge, but it's there 
to let, remind you how they played against you and made it difficult for them to break down so that you have to take your chances and, and be wary of the set pieces, wary of the counterattack. And for Italy, hey, we beat this team already in pens, but we know, how, we know what to expect. We know how they play. There's not much of a big difference of how England played then to now. So that's, that's what is in the back of it, it, yeah, the Italian side. So much has but England have the then. advantage. Well, think about what's so happened since then. Happened. I'd say England has taken a step forward, and I'd say Italy, to some degree, has taken a step back, not qualifying. Several. For the, yeah, unfortunately. So I, I look at this, and I say England walks in here with all the confidence in the world. They don't need to win this game. Yeah, maybe you lost to them in a the final, but you're not, you don't need to win this game. If you're Italy, you're walking in thinking this is do or die. Because if you lose out, if you do not somehow qualify, especially after losing to North Macedonia again, if you do not qualify for these Euros, how much worse is this, can the situation mm. be from where they already are? Having, they haven't been in a World Cup in 12 years. So it's, it's wild. after this game, they host North Macedonia, and then the last match day, if everything is still up for grabs, it's at Ukraine, which is... This is Italy? Italy. Yeah. Oof. That's not easy. Uh, create some breathing room between you and Ukraine. I don't think your rival right now is, is, is England. I think it's just creating as much space yeah. as you can between you and Ukraine so you don't get to that match day yeah. having to and win in Ukraine. Which mm -hmm. is why a draw is all you need. And England just can help point. you because they a play... Point. Uh, England plays Malta and then away at North, uh, North Macedonia. So they can't help you. Yeah. This is all on you if you're Italy. Um, Alexis, I want to ask you, what did you make of Jordan Henderson getting booed? By okay. his fans. So I thought about this, and this had to be from the fallout of the El Etifak uh, move. Uh, it, to me, it seems so odd for someone who was like the heart and soul of Liverpool and, you know, left it all out on the pitch for England to be booed. It felt so odd to hear it and see Are it. Are you surprised? A little bit, yeah. Remember, David Beckham was booed. For, for good reason, though. He kicked out at a player, even though Glenn Hoddle threw him under the bus. We all know that again because we watched the documentary. But, <laughs> I mean, that was for good reason. It isn't like Jordan Henderson made a major mistake on a pitch or something and cost England anything. This was simply a out-of-character move, I'll say. <laughs> I'm struggling to find a way to saying not. Out of character. I don't want to say hypocrite, but it was a hypocritical move. Um, by the way, if Italy doesn't make it from direct qualification to the Euros, there's still like a playoff that they can go yeah. through and they're they sure path. at least of that with this generous modern football that we have if now. you're italy and you're using that to get in are yeah. you not wildly embarrassed take what you can get I mean, yeah they, they didn't make the world cup via playoff <laughs> we got Where gotta get in somehow lost in north macedonia. north macedonia um all right let's turn our attention to uh, another part of the world let's talk about japan who are coming off that 4-1 win over canada they have won their last five matches after a really decent showing at the world cup they were eliminated by croatia in the group stage on pks but they have been playing a very exciting brand of football, Nico. Cantor, what has impressed you about Japan? Absolutely, and all through friendlies because AFC World Cup qualifying doesn't start for them until a later stage, so they're digging up friendlies where they can. Oh, and they are cooking teams. They're putting them away. I compare this to like what we think of the US and Japan, where maybe sometimes they, I don't know how they feel in Japan, to be honest, but 
they could feel like they're a country that are, that's right there, that's on the cusp of being able to compete against the, the great teams of the world. And obviously it was a Germany in a different state of mind, in a different moment. That was the knockout for, for Germany mm -hmm. for them to then fire their coach and hire Julian Nagelsmann. But the numbers speak for themselves. They're putting away teams in style. It's great to see. And now I just, I, I'm, I'm really, really worried about Canada. Really? World Cup hosts. And they're in a free it, fall, it yeah, feels. Yeah, it does seem to be dire straits up north, Chuck. They need, they need a, man, a top manager to come in to write the Who wants the ship. to take that on? <clears throat> I mean, you would think it would be attractive because you are hosting a World When the Cup. Federation is in turmoil. But it's just And who can they afford? We keep hearing about all their financial troubles for Canada mm -hmm. soccer as a whole. Who can they even afford? I, I mean, the writing was on the wall when John Herdman left to go take over TFC yeah. when you're hosting a World Cup in Canada. You've done all of this to get Canada to an optimal level, competing at a World Cup again, young core, now have experience, and you leave? Mm -hmm. I mean, how many flags do you need to see that <laughs> this, is, this is a big problem with the Canadian Federation? Yeah, very indicative of how bad things are up there. They've got a few years to get it together. Get it together, Canada. All right, guys, we are going to take another break, um, but we got more to come. Welcome back to Morning Footy. Well, the U.S. men's national team are back in action tomorrow in the second of two friendlies during this international break. They will take on Ghana from Nashville at Geodis Park, 8.30 p.m. Eastern. You can watch that match on TNT. And right now, we are absolutely delighted to be joined by midfielder for the U.S. men's national team, Brendan Aronson, joining us from Nashville. How are you doing this morning? Good, good. Thanks for having me, guys. Uh, Brendan, I, I heard that you had a chance to meet Charlie Davies' twin boys after the yeah. match in East Hartford and that they were very, very taken by you and that you said that they should not cut their hair. You guys kind <laughs> yeah, of have the one. similar flows. Yeah. Yeah, no, no. I told him after the game because I mean, I've been, I haven't been able to cut my hair since I was young because of my mother. So wait, um, your mom <laughs> doesn't want you to cut your hair? No, no. Still to this day, I'm <laughs> not allowed to cut my hair. If I do, I get silent treatment. So um, <laughs> I kind of just, I just kind of stay away from that. Oh, Chuck, amazing. your kids have an incredible flow. Man. They, they, they have an incredible flow. I've tried to cut <laughs> cut their hair, like get, go to the barber shop and. Nina's like, over my dead body. I love it. I'm so. team Nina on this one. Um, all right, Brendan, um, earlier on the show, Charlie was talking about the match against Germany and how he was feeling really positive. I know it, despite the loss, he was feeling like there was a ton of positive takeaways from that result. Now that you guys have had a couple days to kind of digest it, what is your reaction to that result? Yeah, I think that, like, like Charlie said, I think there's a lot of great things to take away. I mean, I think first of all, just having a game like Germany that we've we've played, I don't think we've, uh, yeah, I mean, playing a top team like that is always great. You know, we haven't had many opportunities like that. And I think, yeah, playing them on the stage in Connecticut when it's sold out crowd, I think it was great for us, you know, and I think it taught us a lot and we've learned so many things. Like you said, I don't, we haven't gone over clips or anything or video yet, just cause it's like two days or three days before the next game. And we got to get already start getting ready for Ghana, but I think there's a lot of great things to take away, honestly. There were a, a number of positive things to take away, but one in particular was your impact coming off the bench. I know it hasn't been easy 
for you over the past year or so. Mm-hmm. Can you talk about how you've been, been able to, you know, figure out a way to come into a game, into a U.S. Men's National League camp against the Germany, show your quality, but at the same time, this struggle with Union Berlin and, and trying to find your feet? Yeah, I think that, um, like you said, it's it's been, I mean, for me, a tough um, year. You know, I think for most of my career, it's been like this, you know, and then now it's going like this a little bit. But I think football is ups and downs, and I think everybody that has played it knows that. And I think it's just uh, sticking around for the ride at the end of the day, you know, just, just staying confident and believing yourself. And, and that's what I try to do coming in the game. I think just believing myself and just trying to help the team because that's all I, you know, that's all I always try to do is, is help the team by either coming on the, f- coming on the field defending or, or bringing stuff in the attack. And uh, yeah, that's what I wanted to do at the end of the day. Brendan, as we've seen your career uh, develop, I mean, one thing that, you know, certainly no one's ever going to take away from you is your work rate, your engine. It's almost energetic. Other people around you feel it. But when you have the ball at your feet, what is it that goes through your mind? What is it that you try to do? Because you're so impactful, especially with the men's national team, when you have the ball at your feet. What is it that's in your mind? What is it that you're trying to do? Yeah, I think that I think that one of the things that helps me is I feel like I have a defined role in the national team. You know, I know what I'm supposed to do. I think that since Greg's been around for, for how long he, he has, I think it, it really helps, you know, when he comes back in and I already know what I'm supposed to do, you know, what he wants from me. Uh, he knows that I'm a player that wants to be between the lines and, and, and pushing the attack and, and playing final balls and, and also getting goals. Um, like Charlie said, it hasn't been easy with, with, I guess, the stat side of things, but like, like, I, I, like I said, I think it's just sticking around and just continuing to work on the final pass, the final shot, and that's what I do at club and in, and when I'm here, even at trainings, and I think that it'll come, and it always comes in waves, uh, goals and assists. So um, that's what I try to do. But, Brennan, to build off of what Alexis said, it's been a struggle for you. The ups and downs, mm-hmm. is, it, it, it's sometimes it's hard to develop, it's hard to overcome. But in that match against Germany, what stood out to me was your ability to play between the lines in tight spaces on the dribble. A starting center back for Real Madrid and, and, and Tony Rudiger, Anthony Rudiger, you just turned him around like it was nothing. So mm. how have you been able to improve and, and continue to grow given that you've had so many, so many down uh, times throughout this year? Um, I think I'll always go back to mentality. I think that the mental part of the game is so big, you know. I think it's a really underrated part. Um, I mean... I think there's a lot of stuff on social media that you can pay attention to, but I just really don't care, and I just don't look at that kind of stuff. Um, but just keeping the, the mental part of my game of just knowing, going back to when I was a kid, all the dribbling things I did in the basement, playing 1v1 with my brother, uh, in trainings, trying things um, against big defenders. Um, yeah, just continuing to just try to do things, because I think that that's what I like to do. I like to be creative. I like to take on defenders. I like to get out of tight areas. That's just part of my game, and I just want to keep improving on that so then I can just get to be the best player I can be. Brendan, this move from Leeds to Union, how much has your position changed? How much has your role changed? And is that a little bit more similar than what Greg is asking for me from the national team? Yeah, it's, it's, it, is a, it is different. Um, I think that the difference is, is I, 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 of course, like I'm always, I want to challenge myself. And it was going to Union now and, and playing in Germany and uh, playing in the Bundesliga. And playing in Union, I'm, I'm asked to play like more of a defensive, more defending, kind of box-to-box eight. 
and I can play the eight. I've played it with the national team before, and I like it like being in between the lines. Um, also having to defend and work hard. Um, so it's a little bit different than the national team because Greg plays me a little bit higher uh, as like maybe as like an inverted winger. So I think both roles, and I think it's a, it's a great learning experience to play another role. I think all the roles that you can have throughout your career, I think it's all learning, learning points, and it just adds more to your game. Brendan, I want to ask you a little bit. I mean, you've traveled the world now, you know, as a professional footballer. You've gotten to see every corner of this world. Uh, with that, is the Jersey Shore really still your ideal day off? <laughs> you ain't seen nowhere better than the Jersey Shore, my guy. Yeah. I mean, I'll just put one. I mean, I was in Mallorca this summer, and I, it was it was pretty amazing. I have to okay. Say. <laughs> but the slices are trash. That's the problem. <laughs> no, I would probably still say, like, my ideal day would just – I love going home, being at the shore with my family, um, grandparents, like everybody that's around just getting down to the shore together, having a good beach day. I mean, nothing can beat that in my eyes, really. What part of the shore? You're more of a Wildwood guy because you're south-south Jersey, right? Yeah, I'm like, I'm like Cape May. That area. Okay. Oh, really Cape May like, is nice. Hit the Cape, get yeah. some diamonds. That's like the classy. That's, that's when you go, you ain't no, really been to Cape May. <laughs> I went to a wedding. One of my best friends got married Cape, in Cape, Cape May. May's not, I like Cape May. Cape May's like an old classy. Yeah, yeah, it's got all the Victorian homes. It's yeah. lovely. Um, yeah. So, Brendan, we're actually going to have uh, your brother, Paxton, on. I think he's going to be on Scoreline later tonight. So, um, we wanted to know if, if maybe you had you had a little message for for baby bro, something you wanted to to pass along to him. This is your this is your opportunity. Yeah, tell him to pick up my calls. <laughs> <laughs> he left you on red, bro. <laughs> no, I called him one time, and it's an hour difference, so it's like got to be 5 p.m. his time. Like I don't know what he could be doing at 5 p.m. He's hey, in, they're uh, busy Arizona. in Frankfurt, you know. There's there's a lot going on in Frankfurt. Financial capital of Germany, bro. He's, <laughs> no, he's, he's in Arizona now. He's with the U23s. Ah, okay. Oh yeah, there's so, no excuse. I don't, I don't, yeah, there's no excuses but for you, a one-hour difference. Are you, you know? are you guys hanging out though in Germany? Uh, it's been tough like this this last like half season because Champions League for me. Uh, he's had Conference League, so like I don't I never get two days off, you know. Um, so I want to get out to him. I think the best time would be probably the second part of the season when I do have like two days off to go stay at his place or he comes stays at my place. So we'll figure out a time. Uh, we're going to play back you saying, sorry, I got Champions League and he got Europa. Not Europa, Europa Conference. Yeah, Europa Conference, my bad. Yeah. We're going uh, yeah, yeah, to play yeah. that back for him, Brendan. I'm not going to lie to you. <laughs> Brendan, before we let you go, I want you to tell me a little bit about the atmosphere because Charlie and I, we observed an incredible energy. Some of the best that I've seen with, with the men's national team, the, the fans were electric. New England brings it, you know, Brendan? You, you yeah. knew when no, coming to New true. England, A game. Yeah, no, it's true. Um, yeah, like you guys said, I think the, the atmosphere was amazing. You know, um, it, was, it was really good throughout the entire game. The, the fans were behind us and... At the end of the day, I don't know if they really understand how much it actually helps us, um, giving us that that edge and continuing to push us on. And I was talking with Christian before the game, and we thought, like, before the game, seeing everybody, like, tailgating and having barbecues and, and kicking the ball around before the game, like, we thought, like, wow, like, that's, like, probably the best, like, drive-in for a USA game that we've ever seen because it's, like, so American and, and it just gets you pumped up for the game. I, I was going to say, when I was a kid, that's exactly what I mm. remember. 
This yeah. was the, the probably the best atmosphere I've seen in you know, five plus years with the U.S. Men's National Team. And this was the first time that I got a chance to kind of be with the fans since 2009, to be honest. And uh, I was really impressed with how they were able to support the team and I, I get, I got really emotional actually. They chanted yeah. Charlie Davies, the yeah. outlaws. No, How was that? That's pretty oh, that's dope. Amazing. Yeah. So awesome. keep, keep, uh, keep going, Brendan. It's, it's been awesome Blue. to see you progress, and even through Thanks, the lows, man. you're still growing. So th that just yeah. talks about Thanks, really your character. So all the best. Thanks, Charlie. Uh, Appreciate Brendan. you guys really. We appreciate you taking the time to join us this morning. Best of luck tomorrow against Ghana, <laughs> and uh, enjoy Nashville. Have some fun out there. We'll do, we'll do. Thank you, guys. Have a good one, all right? Since we're in Connecticut, shout out to all the fans who showed up. Yeah. And, and yeah. at the Hartford game, it was incredible. Yeah. Uh, I got nothing but love and respect for all uh, of you Just guys. get out of the parking lot Amazing. faster. <laughs> Amazing. Guys, thanks for joining us today. Let's do it again tomorrow. We'll see you then. Have a great one. Toodles. Toodles. <laughs>